like I said, we'll be going by memory, but I had some definitions and stuff I was going to read to you. I'll find it after I'm done preaching, probably. Revelation in chapter 4, in verse 11. Man, with the heat out there today, it was kind of getting us a little bit. And uh, I don't know if you ever done this, but I got back to the house there, and I, I was trying to make some quick something quick to eat and grab something out of the freezer, and uh, I was gonna shove it in the microwave, and uh, I put it back in the freezer, and I don't know why it didn't cook. <laughs> <laughs> Pushing the buttons on the microwave, it still wouldn't cook. You ever done that? All right, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Lord, we just ask your blessing on the time tonight, and as others have already prayed, we want your will to be done. I just ask that you would move amongst us, and we do pray for our pastor and um, Mrs. Brown, is there a way? Just pray you give him a good time, good rest, and pray you just give him the, uh, the wisdom and the insight as to what this church needs. In Christ's name, amen. So um, I won't take credit for um, the outline of this message. I'm sure it's not the same message that uh, I heard a long time ago, but a good friend of mine, Pastor Louis Pena, taught me this, the threefold purpose of the church. So number one is to glorify God. That is our main purpose. And so it's the church slash you. It's to glorify God. In Revelation, um, he, he says that's what we were created for, um, to, to bring him glory. It's for his pleasure. And um, sometimes we get off into this, in, into this world and into our life and we, and we start doing some different things and we kind of might lose track of that. I mean, I don't know... Right now I'm on staff at the church, but the, you know I'm not always, haven't always been on staff. And then, how many times you get up and whatever you're late for work and you're just getting stuff together and you're out the door. I mean, does it come into your head, Lord? I'm here for your honor and your glory. What do you want me to do today? Right? I mean, it should be an everyday thing. It's a whole life thing, and I know that because you're here. And so I, I know that that's part of your life, but it should be daily. It should be something that, we, that we're, you know, thinking about. What is it, Lord, you want me to do today? Who do you want me to speak with today? Lord, would you lead me to someone that I can, uh, you know, that you know, help me to make contact with somebody? I, I just think that if we were a little bit more uh, cognizant of, of that, that, that we would have more opportunities to, to glorify God in that way. Um, turn over to Matthew in chapter 6. Matthew in chapter 6. And uh, verse 8 to be, is the uh, beginning that the prayer... Um, that Jesus Christ is teaching his disciples on how to pray. It's a model prayer. It's not one that you have to necessarily say 
verbatim and especially not as a mantra, if you would. Uh, so there are certain people that abuse that. That's not what the prayer is for. In fact, he, he gives caution up above not to, you know, to be repetitive. Um, vain repetition, a vain repetition. I, I'll be honest with you, the first time that I, I was a teenager and I, I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church and I remember getting out of the confessional, you had to do, it's just, it's too much to go into, but you had to, you were forced to go into confessional if you were in the confirmation class. And anyone knows anything about Catholicism, it's all about getting confirmed. Then you're considered, you know, part of the church and blah, blah, blah. But I remember getting out of there and he said, well, go say whatever it was, five Our Fathers and ten Hail Marys. And I started off and I said one and then I started again and then I went. If you didn't hear it the first time, I literally said that. And that was it, I was done. I was like, come on now. I got to say it ten times? God's not happy with that stuff, is he? But uh, anyways, this prayer, um, and, and I do pray parts of this prayer because um, it's on my heart. I am looking forward to his return. So I, I, I pray that part there about, you know, thine, thine is the kingdom, you know, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I said, Lord, I am so looking forward to you coming back. Every knee bowing, every nation bowing before him. Amen. I get so sick to my stomach hearing all this stuff in the news and all this junk that's going on. It's like, you may not believe we, we've had people show up here uh, for the food ministry and say, oh, I don't believe that. Do you believe it enough to come here and get food? Yeah. And he said, well, I serve a different God. Well, how's your God treating you since you're coming here and getting food from my God? Yeah. Right? Man, we serve a good God. Amen. Um, at the end of this, uh, he, he says... Um, <clears throat> Let's just read it. It says, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen um it's all it's all about him it's all about him he doesn't mind us praying for some things in our life but i mean you start off with our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name you start off worshiping him giving him the honor giving him the glory you don't start off with your wish list you know he's he's not santa claus he's your father Start off just talking to him and realizing who he is. You're giving proper adoration to him. Now, I understand, you know, that when the veil came down, we gained access to the Father, whereas we didn't have that before. Now we can go directly to him. And Jesus Christ encourages us to do that, to go directly to him. And praise the Lord for that. I mean, sometimes you really think about it when you know yourself. That's a hard thing to conceive, but he's looking at the inside of you, not the outside. And he looks at you as one of his children. And he absolutely adores you and he wants you to come before him. And that this, this prayer coming to him, though, is not something flippant where you just, you know, it's, there's an adoration there. There's respect. And it, it's all about him. It's not about us. It's for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And 
<clears throat> I'm going to tie some of this in together, but um, the other thing we're supposed to do, originally when I heard this is the edify the saints, but I, and I have edify um, and exhort, okay? Edify and exhort. And encourage is, is in there too, but it's kind of mixed in the same with the ex exhortations. But um, turn over, since you're in Matthew, turn back to uh, Matthew chapter 5. So you're going to start seeing some of this stuff appear um, in, in, with the edification process here. But in, in glorifying God, there's more than one way to glorify him. But ultimately, it's all about your life and, and, and how you present yourself before God. That, that's how it is. It's not, yeah, there are individual things that can glorify God, right? I um, mean, if, if, if Brian's down at the gas station and he sees somebody and the Lord puts it on his heart, uh, Holy Spirit moves him to witness to this guy, that in itself is glorifying. You lead him to the Lord, that's glorifying. Uh, but that's, that's a result of where his heart is and what, you know, answering that call. So we're going to look at that in, uh, in just a second, Romans chapter 12. We'll look at that. But I want to start here since you were here. Uh, Roman, or Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost a savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Glorify your Father which is in heaven. How? Glorify. Through your light shining. Through your good works. See, if you've heard it said before, if, you were, if, if all, every Christian was the same as you, what would Christianity be like? We are the light of the world. But who is the light, capital L? Jesus Christ, the light of the world that lighteth every man that cometh into the world, right? So we're not the actual light. We're the reflection of the light. We're supposed to reflect the light of Christ to the world. They don't know it, but they need us. They may hate us, but the only reason they can see to even take a step is because we're here. Without the light, they're in absolute darkness. If that were to happen, then all of a sudden they'd be going, what did we do? <clears throat> so our, lights, our, our light, the, the way we live our lives, glorifies the Father by our good works. Amen. Turn over to uh, Romans in chapter 12. Romans in chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
I want you to notice something here. I don't know if I've ever brought this across before or not, but notice that he says, present your bodies. Why do you suppose he says that? Why not your heart? Present your bodies, a living sacrifice. I mean, you just, wouldn't it be enough to say he wants your heart? And we know we're supposed to love him with, with all our heart, all our soul, all our, all our strength, right? And all our mind. He says your bodies because we're stuck in these. And everywhere we go and everything we do, we're bringing the Savior with us. So he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. They used to tie and talk about tying the horns to the altar. They would tie the sacrifice to the altar. He wants you to be a living sacrifice, not one that's killed, but one that is living for him, but presented in that same way. Uh, get me, you have your Bible? This guy came to church without a Bible. That's okay. I'm just kidding. First, First Corinthians chapter six, eighteen to twenty. Uh, maybe start. Yeah, that'd be fine. Eighteen to twenty. He wants us to present ourselves before him every day, but also there needs to be a commitment time that you do that. When you get saved, that's when Jesus Christ gives himself to you. You've heard this before: the difference between born again and Christian. Born again is when you receive Christ; He's giving Himself to you. But to be a disciple or to be a Christian, you have to be Christ-like. You have to give yourself to him. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. You have to know of a time, and I can still remember it. I still remember coming forward. It was about a year after I got saved, and I came forward and I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, whatever it is, I'm yours. Have you done that? Does it scare you to even think about doing that? It shouldn't. But it kind of does. It's like you're leaving the control of your life to someone else, but you're leaving it to God. Yeah. And the best possible place you can be is in God's will. So if he called you today to go to one of those countries that's a closed country where your life is in danger, that's the safest place you could be. Right there. It's a dangerous place to be when you're not in God's will, when you're doing your own thing, I know of people that it's happened to, that they took back something from God. And God said, that ain't, ain't, that's not how it's going to happen. And he struck them down. You got it? Go ahead and read that. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. He says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. What you do in your bodies is going to determine whether you're glorifying God or not. So he says, just give it all to me. Put it all on the altar, and I'll take care of it. I will lead you, I will guide you, I will direct you, I'll protect you. And you know, it doesn't mean we won't go through some things, but we won't be living the life we used to live, we won't be going down the wrong paths, and we'll be glorifying God with our lives simply because of that act of presenting ourselves before God. It takes a commitment, it's a one-time commitment, 
and then it's a daily commitment. But if you've never done it that one time and said whatever, whenever, you are not a disciple of Christ. You are not a Christian. I'm sorry, but that's, that's the fact. We say, well, I live a good life. Really? Give your life to Christ. Well, I, uh, well I, uh, you won't give your life to Christ, but you want to be called a Christian. You need to present yourself to Christ. And I don't know what path it will take, but I know it will be a right one when you do. It may be just to be steadfast right here in one of these chairs here. It may be to be on the mission field. It may be to be a preacher. It may just be to be a, a faithful husband or a faithful wife. You must present yourself before him. <clears throat> We're going to move on. Edification. So, we're to edify one another. Look at uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And then we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10 after that. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we... Henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So <clears throat> he says, he gave us these, and I'm not going to go into all the, the apostles and prophets and, and so forth, but pastors and teachers. So why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That, Notice this edifying of the body of Christ. He goes on to, to say that it's an instruction to perfect us. It's a, he, this edifying of the body of Christ is to bring us all together in union, mature, as mature Christians. That's what that, that perfection is. It doesn't mean that you're perfect and without sin. It just means that, you are, that you're grown in the Lord um, you're able to comprehend the meat of the word. You're able to, um, to step up, if you would, and be active in the ministry and part of the ministry. And I'm not, let me just say this. I'm not putting anyone down here that is young in the Lord and, and you're just getting in or, or whatever. I'm not doing that at all. What I'm trying to do is encourage you to, to give your all to, to God so that you can be what he wants you to be. He gave us a, our, our pastor to help perfect us. And I don't have time to go into all the, all the um, verses, but um, part of that process, even though he's trying to edify us and exhort us, part of that process is picking out the wrong. Um, 2 Timothy in 3.16, I know he's sort of going to Hebrews, but... Remember, I'm going off my memory, so it can be a dangerous thing. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, 
for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be what? Perfect, truly furnished unto what? All good works. What do the good works do? They glorify God, right? So part of that process is, is not only it's, it's, it involves reproof, and then the correction is fixing whatever is wrong. And then there's uh, the instruction in righteousness, right? Correction, you, 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 sh- you show them what's wrong, they correct it, and then an instruction in righteousness, how to do right and not get in that situation again. That's what your pastor's here for. He's not your enemy. You know, I, I, I've heard some, some folks, you know, from time to time, that not just our pastor, but others that were, you know, oh, well, you know, he said this or he said that. He's trying to help you, okay? And believe me, he does it with a lot more grace than I do. <laughs> he's very, you, you don't understand, he's a very, he's got a lot of grace. And I know he loves you, and I know he wants the best for you. It hurts him, it hurts his heart when you're not here. It hurts him way more when someone leaves or, or falls out for sin or for whatever. You don't know what that, what that does to a pastor. He takes a lot of it on himself. And guess what? He's not perfect, folks. He's not perfect. And the Bible talks about the more, the, the, the more uh, that we speak, the more likely we are to sin, to mess up. And he does it for a living, not sin. <laughs> he speaks for a living. So at some point, he may say something that he maybe something comes across wrong. You know what? Give him a break. I mean, how many times have you said something that offended somebody or done something? Just give him a break. You know, if your heart, if your heart was close to your pastor, we... Um, was it John? I can't remember who it was. We, oh, it was Brother Franklin. We were talking about, have you heard this before? Oh, that church is cliquish. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. It's not just this church. They just, they, in general, people say that. Why? Because they're not part of the in crowd. That's it. The person who says that is not part of what they consider the clique. Here's what the clique is. The clique are those that are hanging out close to pastor. That's what they mean by the clique. What does, but why? Because they're serving the Lord. He's not picking these people out and say, hey, come on, I want to hang, hang out with you. You know what he's doing? He's saying, hey, uh, VBS is coming up. Could you help out at VBS? And boom, you're at VBS and you're helping out, right? Um, I, I just thought about uh, Christiana last year showed up, I mean, new to the church, shows up and just like all in. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Oh, she's part of the clique. She's part of the clique, man. She was like at church till like 10 or 11 o'clock that night. She, you know, hanging out with pastor. It's not a clique, folks. It's, it's the body of Christ. And everybody's welcome. But part of that Presenting yourself unto the Lord and, and giving yourself to the Lord, being all in, means that you're going to take part and you're going to grab hold of some of the responsibility of the ministry. There's bus ministry. There's care home ministry. There's jail ministry. 
we, you know, we got things that, you know, with Brother Josh taking with the teens and stuff, sometimes he needs help with that. I'm sure he does. Probably needs a psychiatrist from time to time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, it was one of the hardest ministries that I've done. I've done from the little guys all the way up. And the teen ministry is one of the toughest ones I've ever done because your sisters were in my, my class. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But once, once I won their hearts, it was the best. You know, and just it was it was great, um, but, and just that feeling of seeing them doing right and wanting to do right, and that's how your pastor feels about you, and that's that's why he's all the time preaching about getting in and being a part of some of these things, and and I look out and I'm not looking at the cream of the crop here, but I'm also looking at folks that aren't plugged into ministries, but you have that opportunity. And I was telling you the story about how I've seen God and heard of God. I don't know this, this gentleman, but um, I'm trying. I mean, there's no disguising it once I start telling it. It's, this man was a missionary to Papua New Guinea, and he was in the swamp in the lowlands in the swamp country. A lot of poisonous snakes in Papua New Guinea. He was scared to death. He had, uh, I believe, twin sons at the time, and scared to death for those kids and their safety. And he would come back from visiting villages and stuff. Where's the kids? Well, they're out back playing. You can't let them alone. You can't let them alone. He was just terrified of the snakes. And, it, and the anxiety drove him off the field. He left the field, came home, and I think it was, I want to say, North Carolina, South Carolina, something like that. And I went back to his church there, and they didn't have a position for him, but they had a, a, a place out in the country for him. I think it was a mobile or something on like a ranch-type setting. Uh, farm type setting and uh, they said when a position opens up you know maybe we can get you on staff or something like that something to that effect it's been a long time um, since I heard of this but um, anyways he was out uh, and he was outside working and one of the one of the twin boys this was a year or two later now comes running up to him says they're biting us dad they're biting us what's biting you what's biting you? the snakes the snakes are biting us and he says where's your brother he's under the house he's under the house and he goes running, he crawls under the house, and he pulls them out of a pit of snakes. Both, both boys had been bit. He gets in his vehicle and, and to take them to the hospital and backs out over their infant son that was playing, and they're all dead. He was a missionary to Papua New Guinea where God called him. What was he afraid of? Snakes, what killed his two kids, snakes. You're, you're in the best place you can be when you are doing what God wants you to do. But have you given yourself to God so that you know what it is that he wants you to do? Do you think he's going to tell you what that, that step is? Do you think he would tell you, I need you to go to New Guinea when you won't witness to somebody on the corner? When you won't participate in the ministries in your own church, will he tell you what that next calling is for your life? He's got something for you. And it may not be a mission field, but he wants to bless you so much more. He wants to take you to that perfecting level. And remember, it's all about him. It's about glorifying him. It's not about us. It's not about our life. So when you start thinking, well, I got this or I got that and I've got plans and you know, I'm thinking about my retirement, I'm thinking about doing this, thinking about doing that, Give it all to God 
and let him sort that out. I'm not saying you can't plan for the future, but just make sure God's at the forefront of it. God's got to be the, it's got to be about him. So edification. <clears throat> the last thing is to evangelize the lost. Now, obviously, there's a lot of verses we can go to on evangelizing the lost. Mark chapter 16, right? Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, right? Uh, we just read, let your, let your light so shine. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm not going to go to all of them for sake of time. In John chapter 20, Jesus Christ said, As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Now, so there, there are some folks that think that that is just only for the apostles. Yes, he was talking to the apostles there, but there are places where he says, he says, I pray not for them only, but for those also that will believe on, on me through, through them. Do you understand? He's, he already knew, I mean, that's God's plan. That's how it gets passed down is from us living for him, from us presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, us telling others, us being the light. That's how it gets passed down from generation to generation. He said, I pray for those that will believe later from having heard it from others down the line. Second Corinthians in chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Hey, I don't care what you, you know, we, we preach at the jail and I tell them, I don't care what you've done doesn't matter to me one bit what they've done. We, we've preached from a whole slew of people in there, from child molesters up to thieves, up to wife beaters, to whatever, you name it, we've preached to them. Who cares what they've done? It's, that's between them and God, right? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Don't let your past hold you back. You're a child of God. That's all, all that other stuff in the past is, is in the past. doesn't matter. You can be used of God. Look at verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. We read these, not, but think about this. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. See, Christ was the daysman. Christ was the in-between one that got us from this sinful state back to God. He was reconciling us to God. Now he says Christ is not here. Now it's your job to get them back to God. The ministry of reconciliation. <clears throat> to wit, God, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. In Christ's stead. That's an amazing thing. In place of Christ, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the Messiah, Emmanuel, you're in his place. He wants you to do the job that he was doing. And guess what, folks? He doesn't want you to do it as a dirty vessel. He was not a dirty vessel. You cannot be a dirty vessel and be productive for God. That's why you have to present your bodies to him. It's his body. He bought it. He paid for it. He redeemed you. You are not your own. So quit pretending that you are. And just 
present yourself to him and let him take full control and be that ambassador, be that light. Step up to what Christ has for you next. He came to give us life and that more abundantly. You're not to stagnate. When he speaks of the Holy Spirit, what kind of water does he speak of? Pond water? Stenchy, skunky water? I cleaned one of the trash cans out from the bus that had a bunch of old gum and candy and wrappers, and I just poured water. I couldn't even get them off. It was so crummy. So I just poured water and left it set there for a couple of days. One of the guys asked me, what is that? I said, I don't know, but I'll give you 100 bucks if you drink it. <laughs> Brother Billy was tempted. But he said, he thought it was one swig. I said, no, you got to drink the whole thing. It was about a gallon and a half. <laughs> he changed his mind. You're not supposed to be stagnant water. He always refers to the Holy Spirit flowing out of you as rivers of living water. So how, how are we? How's our walk? How are, how are we? How does the world see you? Your friends, your neighbors, uh, even acquaintances, people you work with. I was, I was thought about preaching on the joy of the Lord is your strength. How, how's this going? You got work all the time. I hate my job. Me too. No, I'm just kidding, Pastor. <laughs> hey, we're the light. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to jump in into a, a pond of, of disgusting water. But rivers of living water, fresh, flowing. They want to be a part of that. They want to see. Hey, what do they have? You know, be be ready uh, always to give an answer to every, uh, the man that asks if you have the joy. How's it go? 2 Peter 3, 18, 3, 15? Somebody read it. I don't know that one by heart. I'm going to butcher it. 2 Peter, I think, 3, 15. 3, 15 or 3, 18. And we'll, finish. we'll close there. I'm going to read it to you, though. It just came to mind. First Peter 3.15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Amen. Amen. I think we're going to close it with that. Um, again, I just I hope I wasn't too hard on, on some of you, but I mean, I, I like to give you scripture to back it up and uh, I'd have given you more, but I think the Lord was merciful to you because I forgot my notes, so. I don't know. I had them in my hand literally as I was walking over there. Probably somewhere in between. Where's Jenny at? Jenny, you grabbed my Bible tonight. Did you steal my notes? No. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding you, Jenny. She's like, no, I didn't take them. Oh. Anyways, uh, I, I just hope, you know, I love you guys. I hope that uh, you will be what God wants you to be. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad everybody's here and part of this church. It's just a blessing. There's, uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy the fellowship. I enjoy the unity. I, en I enjoy the joint purpose of us reaching this community. I see so many of you getting plugged in and getting involved in things and, 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 and having the, it's not troublesome. It's not wearisome. I mean, you can get tired doing it, but you're doing it with joy. And you're not, you know, like, oh, I got to do this or, oh, one more thing to do. No, I mean, I, like VBS, I'm excited about it. Am I going to be tired as all get out? Yes, I am. 
Praise the Lord. We're going to see some kids get saved. Amen. I encourage you to be a part of that. Just if you're wondering, hey, what can I do? You know what? Come talk to pastor and ask him, hey, what can I do? What can I do to be part of this? You know, when I first came to this church, I said, what can I do to be a help? Now, mind you, this person knew that I was a preacher. Your daddy. Knew I was a preacher. Knew I was, you know, taught scripture. Uh, had been, you know, on the field, in the ministry. You know what he said? He said, if you could take care of this planner right here. The planner that's out in the front right there. And I said, I can do that. And that's where I started. Amen. You know what? There's groundwork that needs to be done. There's work on the buildings that need to be done. And uh, there's, there's that kind of physical thing. But there's classes that need to be taught. It's all sorts of things. We could use more people here. We need a choir all sorts of things that you can be involved in. So pray about it. Seek the Lord. But first, give your heart to the Lord, and then he might direct you. You know, We had a couple of the guys in the jail ministry that are just completely just, they said, man, this is just driving me. I, you know, um, they said that it's, it's the Lord just working on my heart and helping me to grow. And I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And they didn't think, all they thought was, I'm just going to come as be there as support. And now they're talking to the men and uh, you know, giving their testimony and sharing scriptures, it's a blessing. So God bless you. We'll, uh, we'll pray and we'll be dismissed. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just uh, want to come before you and say I love you and um, I love these people. I just pray you bless them and guide them, direct them. Um, Lord, if there's anything that might hinder your will in our lives, please make it evident. Help us to get the victory over it. Help us to present it before you and to forsake any sin in our lives or even just weights, things that may be holding us back. God, help us uh, each and every day to present our bodies before you and help us to just be yours always. It's all for you. It's all for your honor, all for your glory. And you deserve more than what these lips of clay could do tonight. But I thank you for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for our pastor and, and just all these folks. And I just love you and I praise you in Christ's name. Amen.